Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. I don't know how you follow that, but uh, that, uh, if you thought we could do a, a series called One Hit Wonder and not break out some One Hit Wonders, you were sadly mistaken. And so now you're, you're awake and you know to, uh, to pay attention these next couple weeks. Uh, that was pretty tame for the things we have planned. So I'm excited for this, uh, for this series and uh, excited that our band is so awesome. Um, I didn't know we were going to wear eye black or I would have put, put some on. Uh, I kind of feel hoodwinked there. Uh, I knew they were going to do the song, but that's, where they, that's the last thing they told me. So, uh, hey, anyway, guys, we... Uh, like I said, we're, we're doing this series and, and talking through this concept of, of, of one-hit wonders, uh, and, and I don't know exactly when I, I fell in love with, with pop culture. Uh, you probably uh, have a, a memory of a, a, the first time that you saw a song or wanted to be in a, a band or a boy band or something. My, my sons are going through uh, this moment right now this week where, where they said, Dad, have you ever heard of Green Day? And I was like... <laughs> Yes, you know, I was like, did we go to eighth grade together? Or how did you know to ask me that question, you know? And so uh, they're just waking up to all these bands and it's been so fun. Uh, I remember I used to uh, just, just watch award shows. I don't know if it was because my family didn't have cable. So I thought like watching the American Music Awards was like my only chance uh, for the year. But I remember being so pumped to see like Boys to Men and Paula Abdul and all these random people when I was younger. And I remember, uh, you know, some of these groups I thought were so cool realizing that maybe they weren't as cool or didn't have the, the staying power that, that I thought. Groups like Color Me Bad and, and uh, people, uh, people, people like CNC Music Factory and Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I remember the day where I just thought, Marky Mark doesn't have a second hit, does he, right? And it just, there was that awakening where you're just thinking like, all right, it's going to be a, a different thing. And so this concept of a, a one-hit wonder... Um, it's, 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 it's cool. It, honestly, you know, in some ways, that's a song that's going to get played forever. You could, you could maybe call it a greatest hit, but we market that a little different. Uh, the, the difference between a one-hit wonder and a, and a greatest hit is basically that over, over time, we, kinda, we just don't take a one-hit wonder seriously. We, we tune that out and we start to think like, all right, that's, that's something I'm not going to listen to anymore. Yes, I know you want me to keep doing the Macarena, but I don't want to do that, right? And so we just turn our back on that. And so the, the heart of this series is, uh, is not to say, hey, these are, these are things that are jokes. These are things that we should forget about. I think that you could just as much call a one hit wonder a greatest hit and so we want to spend this month just looking at some standalone messages some things uh, that, that we think should be stuck in our head I hope that you don't go home singing the Macarena but I hope that you go home thinking about this topic uh, that we're going to talk about today and these things we're going to talk about this month these are the kind of things that we want to be the greatest hits of movement church things that we want to be stuck in your head and stuck in your heart and kind of echoing and things that you're thinking about uh, today and, and this week and, and this month and so we're going to jump right into it today and and get to something that's important but honestly maybe something that over time we have, uh, we've tuned out, maybe we haven't thought about in a while, something we haven't taken serious, or something that, that we've forgotten. So uh, I want to invite you, if, if you've got a Bible, uh, we're going we're gonna to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today. If you don't, there's probably one under your seat, or in front of you, or behind you, somewhere, you'll see one there close by. I want to I invite you to, to turn there. We, we value God's Word, and so we want to look to it this morning for truth and, and for guidance. We're going to be on page 884, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7. 17 
to 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21, and in some ways this is, uh, this is one of the, the greatest hits and something that we want to always be the heart and the spirit of, of what Movement Church does. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm sorry, verses 11 to 21, and I'm going to read that out loud, you'll be there on page 884, you can follow along, take some notes if you want, and if you don't have a Bible, I want to let you know that, that we would love for you to take that Bible home uh, that's there in your seat today, if, if you want to take that and, and read it and study it, that is our, our gift to you. But let me read this starting in verse 11 uh, as we just unpack some, uh, some greatest hits today. Verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 5, page 884 says this, talking to the, the church, talking to a group of believers, it says this, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us, so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. This is, a, uh, this is a letter that, that, that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's, he's, he's basically, he's, he's, he's talking to them. Like many of the letters that are written in the New Testament, uh, Paul's a man who would travel, he would start new churches, he would plant churches. These are people uh, who, were, who were probably pretty new at, at following Jesus. These are people who were new at being involved in the church, and so sometimes they would have questions. Sometimes they were learning things, and, and he would write these letters back to these groups of people that he loved and had spent time with, these churches he had started, and he would, he would give them advice. And the, the concept that he's getting at right here He's, he's talking about being a Christ follower. He's talking about the foundation of that. And I want you to know something that as we get started, that you cannot separate being a Christian, being a Christ follower, and talking about your faith or sharing your faith. Those are not two separate things. Those are, those are one in the same thing. And so if someone understands what Jesus has done for them, if someone understands that they are the recipient of salvation, it is impossible to not be grateful for that. If you've experienced the grace, love, and forgiveness that Jesus showered us with on the cross, the, the grace, love, and forgiveness that Jesus showed you and I, there's no way that you cannot tell the world. And so that's why this passage uses a word like responsibility. Something that I want us to, to know out of this passage today, that sharing your faith is a responsibility. Sharing your faith is a responsibility. This passage makes it pretty clear, and this, uh, this word responsibility points to the fact that we've been taken care of in a way that, that warrants a response, right? Some of you know that as you were growing up, maybe the house that you live in right now, your parents would put a, a roof over your head, they would feed you, and so maybe they expected you to go out and get the mail. Maybe you had to chop firewood, maybe you had to feed the dog, maybe you had to do some sort of chore, and it wasn't, it wasn't something that you were pumped about as you were an entitled 12-year-old. We all know that we struggled with that, right? But, but looking back, you can think, yeah, that seems like a, a pretty normal, grateful response for me being a part of that family and for the culture that I was in. Maybe you got a, a scholarship in college and they said, hey, we, we want you to be on the path to being this kind of person. And so we want to see you maintain a certain GPA or we want to see you volunteer with a certain organization. And you thought, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm on the path to being this person. And so this is the, the natural response. And so I want you to know that if you're saying, I want to follow Jesus, I want to be a Christian, I want to be a Christ follower, Sharing your faith is a very natural response and something that you would do if you were grateful for what Jesus had done for you. 
Does that mean that, uh, that sharing your faith is easy or it's always fun? No, I, I love the way that this passage words it. It says that we have a, a fearful responsibility. We have to manage the tension that we know we've been given something great that we don't deserve and it's our job to tell the world and yet that's going to make us nervous at times. Does that mean that everyone's going to say, hey, can, can you tell me more about Jesus? Can you tell me about why you're always going to church? Tell me, tell me about what's going on in your life. No, there are not going to be people that are always pumped to, to hear that. And so I think this passage is being honest when it uses the word that we may have to persuade others. There are moments that you have to say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I want to tell you how my life has been changed. I want to tell you what Jesus did in my life. Can I, can I share that with you? And it doesn't just say that we have to persuade others, but it says that we have to work hard. Sometimes things that, that aren't easy or aren't natural, it doesn't mean that we don't do those things. It just means that we have to put extra time and effort and thought into those things. And so as we, as we think about being a Christ follower, we have to know that sharing our faith is a responsibility. Sharing our faith is something that we should be excited to do if we're grateful for what we have in Jesus. And we might have to work hard and put some extra time and effort and thought into that. Verse 13 goes on to say this. Follow along with me as we read. It says this. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Paul is taking this, this passage and he kind of zooms back and he says, all right, I was telling you that it's our job to represent Jesus to the world. It's our job to share our faith. It's our job to work hard to persuade others. And some of us probably as we hear that, just like this original audience are thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, I'm just trying to live. I'm trying to get by. I'm trying to adjust to this new faith. I'm figuring things out. And now you're telling me what to do. You're giving me a to-do list. And you're telling me to persuade people. I feel like I'm part of this pyramid scheme. And now I've got to talk people into this. I don't know if that's what I want to do. And so he goes back. He zooms back and he says, here's why you have a responsibility to do this. He makes it very clear what Jesus did for you and I. He says quite simply that we were separated from God because we make poor decisions. We sin, we have junk in our lives and it separates us from a God that we were created to know. And he says that Christ died for all. And when Jesus gave his, his life for us, he gave us the ability to put our, our lives in his hands, to put our, our faith and our hope and our trust in his hands. And he says, when that happens, you're dying to your old self. You're dying to the sin and the junk and the baggage and the stuff that has defined you. And you're given a new life. And Jesus changes your heart. It says to those who receive this new life, they'll no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. So it's not just that Paul is saying, hey, you're a Christian now, go and do this to-do list. Here's, here's a little guilt trip. All right, now go and act like a good Christian. No, he's saying that if you understand what Jesus has done for you, if you understand that Jesus gave his life for you, not because you were perfect, not because you deserved it, not because you were specifically ready, but because while you were still sinning and still flawed and still separated from God and still messed up, Jesus came and gave his life as a sacrifice for you. If you understand that, you can't help but respond with a grateful heart. You can't help but respond with obedience and you can't help but respond. And so that's why we have this responsibility. But, but also this passage is being honest and he's saying, listen, there's a, there's a chance that sharing your faith will, will make you look crazy. 
right? Not everyone in the world is going to say, hey, tell me more about your Jesus. Hey, I wish that you would, uh, you would tell me about what God's doing in your life. And not everyone is going to understand that. And so Paul breaks it down very simply right here. And he says, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. There are going to be people at your workplace, people in your family, people that you used to be friends with, people who really agreed with the agenda of your old life and the platform of your old life because they were selfish and you were selfish. And so you got along great. And now that you're living for someone else and something else, now that you have a new agenda, a new operating system, they're going to be like, what happened to him? Why, why is she different? We used to go out every weekend and now she has this whole new plan of what she wants to do with her life and she won't stop talking about God. And so you have a, a fearful responsibility to talk about God, but I want to be honest. Not everyone is going to be completely excited at all times to hear you talk about God, to hear you talk about what Jesus has done in your life, to hear you talk about the change that Jesus has made in your heart. And yet we're called to share our faith because the gospel changes us. It doesn't say that Jesus puts a, a quick paint job over, over what's happened. It says that he gives you a new life and a new heart and a new beginning. He literally recreates you. How can you not tell the world about that? We understand that concept maybe sometimes when it comes to, to marriage. We wouldn't, we wouldn't think it was a big deal if, if someone were to, to move and, and get a new place when they got married and change their legal status and their documents and change their name and change their finances and change their health benefits and sync all those things up with their spouse and moving together. And that's just what you do, right? And yet sometimes we think, well, people are going to think I'm crazy if I, if I do all those things in the, in the name of Jesus. I don't want people to know that my status is different. I don't want people to know that I'm a new person. I'm not going to force this on everybody. I'm not going to post it on Facebook. I don't think I have to just be screaming about this all the time. And so I'm going to kind of just, just ease into this. And, and Paul is saying, no, 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 no. There's no easing into following Jesus. If you know and understand what Jesus did for you on the cross, that's, that's who you are. That's, that's your everything. That's your operating system. That's how you know that, that you're loved. That's how you think. That's how you react. That's how you feel. That's how you do everything. And, and, and not telling the world about that is not an option. I think I've shared with you guys before that uh, my dad was, a, was an educator in the 1980s. So before Apple was cool, we had, a, we had an Apple computer at our house. It's just, it's just all I knew. And something that I've always loved about the, the Mac operating system is you can get that spinning color wheel of death for a long time, right? If you stress that thing out, it might spin for like 40 or 60 minutes if you're trying to get on dial-up internet back in the day, right? It could, it could just spin and spin and spin and spin and spin. Maybe some of you have done that on your iPad on Pinterest or something. You don't want to talk about it though because you're a guy. But maybe you've done that, right? And yet in the, in the Mac operating system, it doesn't give us what, what I like to shame Windows users for, the, uh, the, the crashing blue screen of death, right? There's a point where a Windows computer will just be like, this is really stressful, guys. I'm out, all right? And it just like freezes up and shuts down on you, right? And so while I don't always appreciate the spinning color wheel of death, I love that the Apple operating system has said like crashing is not an option, Crashing is not something that we're going to do. We might have to slow down. We might have to kick the fan on. We might have to think about this for a while. We might have to really try to figure out what we're doing. But crashing is just not an option. It's not something that we're going to do. Not talking about your faith. It's not an option if you're a Christ follower. Because talking about your faith is a natural overflow of what's going on in your life and your heart. Sharing your faith is a responsibility. It's a sacred trust that we've been given by Jesus. And sharing your faith at times 
might make you look crazy, but it only looks crazy to the world. We know that it's, that it's not crazy and there's nothing crazy about life change. This passage goes on, verse 16, it says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This, seem, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The reason that we can, we can keep going the reason that we can get out of bed in the morning and know that we have a new operating system, the reason that embarrassment does not affect us, the reason that we can know that it's our job to share our faith. And if, if someone or some old group of friends thinks that we're crazy, it's not that we're gonna be sidetracked by that or slowed down by that. It's because we know that we've been changed. We know that we're a new person. I love the way that this, this passage just said it. It says, how differently we know him now. Maybe you used to have one opinion of Jesus. You used to see Jesus and just think of the people that, that watched Fox News. Or you, you thought of those old judgmental people of that small church that your grandparents took you to when you were younger. Or you, you had this opinion of Christians and you found out that people and systems and organizations in some way are going to always fall short representing who Jesus is and what he's done. And so this passage is saying whatever you thought, whatever you thought you knew, however you tried to act or whatever you, you thought was what a Christian was and what a Christ follower was, you know it differently now because you know Jesus. And so as you live a Christian life, as you spend time with Jesus, you will find that you know him and you know him more and more and more. And as you share your faith, you'll find that you know Jesus more and more and more. There is no greater catalyst for knowing your Lord and Savior Jesus than sharing your faith. There's no better way to grow in your knowledge of the gospel than by sharing the gospel. Because when you're talking about something, it's anchored in your heart. When you're sharing something, it's what you believe. When you're putting yourself out on a limb, when you're doing things that scare you, you're going to find that it creates a vacuum and you have to study, you have to read up, you have to talk to God, you have to spend time with God, you have to catch up. There's a verse in, in Philemon, it says that I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith. Another passage says, I pray that you'll be active in, in, in knowing the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things that you have in Christ. If you want to know Jesus, share your faith. And if you share your faith, you will know Jesus. This passage goes on to say that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. As you're a Christ follower, as your operating system changes, as you're talking about that, as you're sharing about that with the world, you'll find that, that sharing your faith will grow you. And that's not just some fake promise and you have to wonder if, if that will happen. I promise that as you share your faith, it will grow you because you will feel closer to Jesus. You will have a knowledge of Jesus. You will have an intimacy with Jesus. So we have a responsibility to share our faith. Sometimes when we share our faith, people might, might, might judge us or think that we're a little off, but I promise as you share your faith, it will move your life and move your heart and move your growth. Verse 18 says this. 
And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I mentioned that we want to be focusing on some greatest hits, some things that we don't ever want to forget. And you, you see that, that phrase right there. Basically, it's our job to yell to the world, come back to God. That's why we say we're a movement of people finding their way back to God. We were created to know God. We were in a relationship with God and our sin separates us from him. And when we understand that Jesus gave his life so that we can know God again, we have become a Christ follower. And as we are a Christ follower, we should be telling the world, this is what it looks like to come back to God. We've been given this job, this task, this responsibility of reconciling the world back to God to say, hey, you were created to know God. And no matter how far you feel from God right now, no matter what you feel like you've done or all the ways that you've messed up, you're one decision away from following God. It's a gift from God as that passage starts and says in in verse 18, we are ambassadors. You think about what an ambassador is. An ambassador is someone who represents a country by moving to another country, right? And and they're working there. They they have an office. But if you're the ambassador to, to England from the United States, there's not a moment that you're not the ambassador, right? Because that's not your place. That's not your country. That's not where you belong in the long term. And so you can't just go over and say, I'm the ambassador. And then one day you're like, you know what? I want to, I want to take a break. I want to just, I need to go to a movie. And so I'm, I don't want to be the ambassador for just for like 98 minutes. Okay. So I don't want to represent the country that I've come from. I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want. And uh, just, just no one watch me. Just don't notice. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be Mark. Okay. I don't want to be the ambassador. No, when you're an ambassador, your, your, your life is being looked at. And people are, people are watching you and people are listening to you and you're representing something bigger than yourself and beyond yourself. You're representing not the country that you're, you're in right now, but the, the, the place that you call home, the people that you're a part of. And you and I are ambassadors of heaven. You, are, you and I are ambassadors of Jesus. You and I have been given this message and this job and this responsibility of reconciliation. And so it's our job to yell to the world, Jesus gave his life so that you could have life. Jesus gave his life for you. Come back to God. If there was one message, one sentence, one line that I could read someone as I was explaining what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to have a life devoted to him. I love this last verse so much. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. He paid the price for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Why do we share our faith? Why do we put ourselves out there emotionally? Why do we risk a certain person or a certain audience thinking we're crazy? Because Christ's love compels us, right? We already said that. That's why we put ourselves out there. That's why we do this. That's why we work hard. That's why we want to persuade others. That's why we do this. And yet, why would we continue to wake up every morning and think, I'm an ambassador, I've got a message of reconciliation. I've got to yell this to the world. I've got to tell this to the world. I've got to do this this morning. Why would we wake up and think that and say that? 
Because sharing your faith can change eternity. Sharing your faith will change eternity. Sharing your faith will change someone's life and change their trajectory and change their home and change their residence. Sharing your faith will help someone be found in Christ. It will change who that person is and what they're about and where they're going forever. It's our job, it's our responsibility to share our faith. If you understand who Jesus is and you understand what he has done for you, it's your job to be an ambassador to the world. Maybe today for the first time you're, you're, you're thinking and you're seeing and you're realizing who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Maybe for the first time you're, you're, you're thinking, what does it mean to, to be a Christ follower? What is, this, what is this gift, this free gift they're talking about? Following Jesus is, is not as, as hard as, uh, as some of these tests that we have in, in life, right? It's probably, it's probably uh, more difficult to comprehend all the ways to be a certified public accountant than to be a Christ follower. The, the concept of being a Christ follower is, is not rocket science, and yet it's, a, it's a, very, a very big shift. You have to understand that if you've been living your life for other things and for yourself, you have to understand that you're no longer living your life for yourself. You're saying, Jesus, I want to give you my life and I want to live my life for you. That is a simple thing to understand and yet it's a, it's a big decision. It's not just a big decision. It's a decision that's, that's life-changing. But I trust and I, I know that I believe that there are, there are people in this room that, that need to make that decision and want to make that decision. It's as simple as understanding God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God. Turning toward God and saying, Lord, Jesus paid the price for my sins. I want you to come into my life. Make me a new creation. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I want to love you. I want to live for you. If you want to make that decision, we would love to talk to you more today. But for those of us who would say, I've made that decision. Yeah, I've I've been a Christ follower. I've been a Christian. I've grown up in the church. My whole family's Christians. I want you to know that your operating system is calling you to share your faith. Your operating system is calling your life and your joy and everything you know in Jesus to spill over and spill out of your heart. You're called to share your faith. You're called to tell the world. I heard an analogy recently. Someone was asking me what I, what I thought of the, the moose. Not the animal. I know what you're thinking. Not the animal, right? They're talking about the, the organization. And they compared the organization or this group of people, the, the moose, to, to the, the modern day church. There was a time that, that people could say, hey, I'm going to church. You want to go to church? And, and someone might say, yeah, I'd love to, love to go to your church, right? Or people would move to a new town and they were looking for a church. And, and there was a different time. That time, honestly, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but that time is, is different and that time has passed. And most people are not saying, Hey, can someone please help me find a church? Can someone take me to church? I want to be involved in a church. I need a church, right? Most people are saying, hey, when's the next season of Stranger Things coming out? And how, how can I sit home and watch that, right? That's, that's just where we're at as a culture and a society. People are not looking for church and for religion and for these things anymore. And they compared this to the moose. So let me ask, what do you, what do you know about the, the moose? The local fraternal order of the, the moose, Right? You, you know that, uh, maybe you know that they seem oddly passionate about pancake breakfast, right? 
or you, you know that, uh, that they really love a good fish fry or sometimes they have signs that you don't read and they're doing something, right? And if I say, what do you think of the, the moose? You'd say, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know. It's not like you're like, I hate the moose or anything like that. You're just kind of indifferent. You don't, you don't have an opinion. You don't care. You're indifferent about the, the moose. And honestly, that's how people are today toward the church. And that's why we're called to live on mission. That's why we're called to share our faith because the days are gone when you could say, hey, come with me to church. Hey, let's go to church. Hey, have you, no. People don't know anything about your church. And it's not that they hate you or hate Christians. They're, they're just indifferent. They're trapped in their life and they're living their life and they're, they're not sure where their life is going and they don't have an opinion about your life. And so it's our job to take the message of Jesus to the world. It's our job to live on mission and be ambassadors. It's our job to take this message of reconciliation to the world and to say, Jesus gave his life so that you could know him. Jesus gave his life so that you could have life. Jesus gave his life so that the old person that you used to be, the old person that you used to know, the old person that you were is gone and you're a newly recreated person. We are called to live on mission. And and being together as the church is a piece of that. But I'm going to be honest, it's not my job and it's not the church's job to be an ambassador in your life. You work in the job that you work in because God wants you in that job. And I know that's depressing because statistically like 90% of you hate your job, right? And you're like, no, God did not put me at Costco. I hate, yes, he did, all right? He put you at Costco and he wants you there for a reason. He wants you to be an ambassador in your, in your office and in your workplace. God put you in the family and in the neighborhood and in the PTO and he put you at the gym that you're at and he gave you the friends that you have and he put you in the dorm that you're in and he put you in the classes you're in and the schedule that you have. All of those things, he knew that those things were gonna be true and he put you in the life that he put you in so that you could be an ambassador, so that you could be someone who represented this message of reconciliation and yelled to the world, come back to God. Because people are looking for purpose. And they're looking for a place to belong. And they're looking for hope. And they're looking for life. And all they know is that they're running towards something that doesn't seem to fill them up. And they feel dead inside. And it's our job. It's our responsibility. It's our right to go past the awkwardness. To go past the nervousness. And to say, I'm going to be an ambassador. I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to take this message to the world. I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to tell people about my Jesus and how he's changed me. That's our job. A couple weeks ago, we we put a challenge out for us as a church. We said that we wanted everyone that calls Movement Church home to to share their faith once a month this year, 12 times. Not just that, but we said that as you're having those conversations, as 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 you're able to talk to people, there might be an opportunity that you could invite them to church. Sometimes it just spurs on conversations. Sometimes it gives you a chance to go out to lunch afterwards. Sometimes they meet your really cool friends at church and maybe that'll be part of the process. But we said we wanted everyone to, to try and bring five friends to church this year. And we said that we had a goal that we wanted everyone to, to lead one friend into a relationship with Jesus, to share their faith so that someone could give their life to Jesus. 12, 5, 1. Share your faith once a month this year. Bring five friends to church. Lead one friend to Jesus. Now, I know how New Year's resolutions are, so I'm not gonna say, hey, how's that going? 
Okay, that's exactly what I'm going to say. Hey, how's that going? All right. My guess is that we need this morning as an encouragement, as a reminder to say that we're ambassadors and that we live on mission and it's our job to share our faith. And we're not just doing it because it's fun or because it's cute, but because it changes eternity and it changes someone's future and it makes someone a new person. So how are you doing in your commitment? 12, 5, 1. It's our responsibility to share our faith and it changes eternity. Let's be ambassadors. Let me pray for us this morning as we close. God, we are, we are lost without you. We are hopeless without you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for his life. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for giving us relationship and giving us hope and giving us everything. God, I pray that we will take our job serious, our, our relationship with you serious, and Lord, I pray that we won't separate what it means to be a Christ follower and what it means to share that with the world. Lord, we know that those things are one and the same. You can't be in love and not talk about love. So Jesus, I pray that we are in love with you. We are grateful for you. We are thankful for you and that that is spilling out in every corner of our lives as we, as we work, as we live, as we play, as we hang out. God, I pray that we are sharing our faith because it changes the eternity of the people around us. God, help us to have a heart for people this year. Lord, I pray that you will break our heart for people. I pray that as we look at neighbors and coworkers and friends, we will see that they need you and that we've been given that message. And Lord, to not share our faith with our friends would be, like, it'd be as simple as having the cure for cancer and just keeping it a secret, Lord. Help us to take your message of reconciliation to the world. Help us to represent hope to the world. Help us to be intentional and on mission every day with every conversation that we have. God, I pray that we will be serious about our job, serious and know that there's a responsibility and know that it will be some hard work, but I pray that you will, you will move us, you will cause us to, to get out of bed in the morning and, and be on mission. God, we, we're new people and we've got a job to do. It's that simple, God. Help us, help us to write a job description this year that, that lets us share our faith, lets us take hope to the world. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. It's in your name I pray, amen.